Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start, if you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hello. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So I actually, I normally start this podcast by going, hi, everyone. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. Sam Morse. <laughs> Welcome to the Car Chat podcast. And with us this week, we have Sid North. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Yeah, so. Multiple cameras. We're in yeah. a bit of a, a, we've got some lovely curtains behind us for those that yeah, are watching on the video. In, in Beautiful rental decor you've moment. got here. Um, yeah, they're great. Um, so we're in a tiny little, little studio, actually. Yeah. It's a room, but I've set you've, up some um, lights. You've, you've moved up in the last three years. You've got multiple cameras. I, I remember we had one camera. <laughs> Tell you now what, we've got though, lights and whatnot. It's a right pain in the ass. Yeah, I can cameras. imagine. I mean, whoever, do you edit this? No, no. I was going to, right, whoever your editor is, yeah, God it's, bless It's all right, actually, because I think they'll sync. It should all sync. The audio and everything will sync okay. It's when you start using like GoPros and different things where they, um, you start at the same time, but they don't finish at the same time. Okay. Somehow. Yeah. Or if you use a DJI mic. Have you got yeah, some I've got, yeah, I've got um, the road. You've got the road, right. If you record a really long time, like an hour, mm. does it break it up into clips? It might do. I've never done videos yeah. longer than an hour. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know there's been issues with GoPros. Yeah, basically anything that chops your video up, like you, your camera might do it if you record for, it can only record for 15 minutes and then it creates a new like, clip. Does a block, yeah, 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 yeah. Sony's do it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. You lose a, a small fraction of time every time it creates a new clip. Oh, so, so the timing goes out as as they get longer. That must be a right pain in the edit. Yeah, because you get right that fan. gap, over the, <laughs> and then you watch it back, and you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah. <laughs> well, for those listening and that don't want to know about recording video and podcasts and whatever, well, um, let's explain. 
So you have been on the podcast. This is actually your third time on the podcast. Is it actually? Yeah, you were one of the first people. Yeah, I remember being one of the first. I think we recorded in my kitchen way back, two houses ago. Yeah. Um, and Time then, flies, doesn't it? And then you came on again in March, I was looking this up, March 2020, sort of pre all the COVID yep. carnage. Um, and at that at that time, I think you were referred to as Sideways Sid. Or maybe actually you just changed. I think you might have I, just changed. I just changed uh, March 2020. Yeah, that would have been Sid North. Um, the transition. <laughs> Sid's, Sid's transition. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the title of this. Yeah, that's this clip. It. Well, it's what th <laughs> three years in. You know? Yeah. So and then now, so well, I thought it was a good time because we actually chat a lot. Yeah. Generally, Sid will call me up and say, "Why, oh, what?" Yeah, yeah. You right? As again? <laughs> what as again? And then we'll talk bollocks about cars for God two, knows how two long. hours or so. Yeah. Um, and Classic. Yeah, I thought it would be good, good to get you back in the podcast, talk about what you're up to because you've you've done a reasonable amount in the interim. Yeah, um, there's been a few bits going on. Yeah, just chat cars, whatnot, all that rubbish. Um, I've got some vague topics to discuss, you know, as you do. Um, if you've got any, mate, as you do, you, any you know, and to. I know, it's, <laughs> this doesn't feel like a podcast because it just feels like I'm speaking to you on the phone. So it could go on for a really long time. We'll try and we'll try and cap it at yeah. a certain time. Um, right. Well, let's just start off with bit of a catch-up in, yep. in what you've been doing in the interim um you've sort of bought bought and sold a few cars yeah um oh just having a look you had a you had a clear 182 for a while do you yeah. still have that no yeah uh, no 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 that went that went uh september august september of 2020 oh okay didn't stay with me too long um but then i've had a load of other cars off camera um yeah. I think three more, four more Clio 182s came and went. Four? Four. Was that, how come so many? Just obsessed with them. I just love the way they drive. Um, there's just something, well, I think it started off with that one being, a, you know, one of those, I think I remember telling you, that was a sort of late night, I think it might, it, it popped up on Piston Heads and, um, yeah, went up to Huddersfield with my mate Charlie shout out Charlie if you're watching this and um, bought this Clio for 1500 quid and they've now doubled since then um, and then I got rid of it but you know you know about this with cars if you love cars so much you just you get you it's a love-hate relationship you love it then then you hate it then you get rid of it and then you're like oh I want it back <laughs> but I've done it too many times so, and to do it so many times with the same car, were you making, did you make some money on each of those? Yeah, a couple sales? of them I did. A couple of them I did. The, one of them was, uh, a, I was stuck in traffic. I was stuck in traffic, M25, and there was a black 182 there. And literally I just looked at the woman and I thought, I just waved her down. She thought I was trying to pull her or something. <laughs> like I was like, no, 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 no. I just, I'm more interested in the car. And uh, I said, you know, we exchange details on on the motorway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally as we're cruising along, I just said, just go on to Sid North Instagram, just do that. Didn't hear from for hear from her for a while, and then uh, all of a sudden she messaged. She said, "Look, I'm getting rid of it. Um, do you want to buy it?" And that was it. And then I ran around in that for a bit. But I just love being in them. I don't know what it is. They're not. 
um, they're not necessarily the best hot hatch in the world, but it's just fizzing with energy and, mm. you know, there's there's lots to love about it. I mean, the interiors are just made out of, I don't know what it is. It's just it's absolutely awful. All the rubbers yeah. around the steering wheel, and it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. You do not want to sleep in there for the night or even want to have an house <laughs> kit. It's noisy, things break, but um, they're, they're, they're good cars, to be fair. But you know, you know me, like, I go for a phase. I might go look. I might look at a an old barge and go, "Oh yeah, let's try a bit of that." Then afterwards, okay, we've done with barges. Let's look at something on the cheaper end. I'm I'm trying to. I don't know. It's you know the maximum amount of car for little money. Well, yeah, that's a good. That's that's always, always a good equation to go for. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to keep looking out for. We spoke about this a couple of weeks back with the B7 RS4. Yeah, that's a car, isn't it? That is. You should get one. Well, I've kind of got the current. Oh yeah, best. yeah, you've got that. You've got the best of the best, really. Uh, the only thing that is, I'm not winning with the E63 is the. Well, no, I probably am winning the depreciation race race in the wrong way. Yeah, it uh, wouldn't usually go that way, but <laughs> all big Mercedes. It's going straight down. Yeah, it's heading to zero very fast. Yeah. Um, but no, looking back, I think at the moment, there's not something I've written down to talk about, but actually right now with interest rates and like borrowing is more expensive, mm. cars are generally really expensive right now. They are. Um, it's, I think a lot of people must be looking at the car market and going like, I want to buy a new car, but like, what do I buy? Not And not with the usual, oh, I'm excited about buying lots, you know, the sort of petrol head side of it, but just like, what do I buy? Cause I don't want to get done over in the last, in the next 12 months, but also get the car that I want to get sort of thing. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? it? It's difficult. And obviously without sounding boring, you know, cost of living has gone up. So, you know, 100%. It, do, do you want to buy a car? You know, really, if you've already got what you got, yeah. do you, do you want to then go spend that extra money and buy something else, which we all do man maths, but then, at the same time, I'm, I'm the same. I always look for something new and I'm thinking, right, what do I get? And then you look at the interest rates and then you look at those cards and you think, well, hang on a minute, they're, you know, they're a lot more expensive than when I first looked at them. Yeah. And then afterwards, I don't know, maybe it's age, I don't know. But now you look at it and you think, well, because we know and we know the car market's obviously in a bubble. We don't know when it's going to yeah. burst. Yeah. We don't know when it's going to burst. Do you really want to buy that car and then be stuck with it? Yeah. In which case, if if you want to be stuck with a car, pick the one you want, as in pick what you love. Yeah. And that's uh, it. You've yeah. just accepted you're going to keep it for a long time. Yeah. You're not going to try and sell it. I, I, someone was telling me recently, I don't think I talked about this on a podcast, that uh, there's a lot of people moaning. Not so, I don't know whether moaning is the right word. Apparently, there's a lot of people that bought new EVs in the last two years. This is a sort of Twitter topic that keeps coming up at the moment that people are anecdotally talking about. I know someone that bought an EV a year ago and they're really annoyed that it's depreciated a lot. Fair, fair. But like my E63, if you buy, my opinion on this at the moment is there's loads of people that went out and bought through a business or in association with something like that, a brand new high-end saloon, essentially, whether it's a Taycan 
whether it's a whatever, e any of the, whatever, any of yeah, the EVs, any of those big motors, and they've gone for the big ones, and then the second-hand market for that just doesn't really exist. Like it does, but the people that it would buy it will buy it new because they get the benefits of buying, running it through a business. Yeah. So the people you want to sell your car to in a year's time or two years' time or whatever, they aren't there. No, they don't exist yet. So your brand new Taycan Turbo S, which... Where'd you put it? Was a great two-year buy if you bought it in 2020 because supply was so low. Mm. But now supply is coming up. Yeah, and it's, it's only going to... Well, eventually by the end of the year, it should be... Should be, or yeah, like I don't, I don't know about them, all the chips and stuff, but it's, it's. I heard that, and I was like, Well, what do you expect, guys? Like, seriously, what do you expect? You've you've spent all the money on the highest spec, fundamentally mainstream vehicle, like we know big saloons with all the engine, etc. They tank in money, always tank, yeah, just. Over five years, you're going to lose at least like 10 grand a year. Just like boom, 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 boom. I think what's happened is, is obviously because of the way the car market and how it's been over the last, you know, two, three years, people have, you know, subconsciously thought, well, yeah, I'll buy that Turbo S Taycan. I know. I'll be all right. A year or two, I might lose 10, 15K, whatever. And now they've come to realisation, which was normal to begin with, that, you know, their car's about 30, 40 grand upside down. But then, like you said, you know, because they're electric cars, where do you price them? You know, um, is there a depletion in the battery over a certain amount of mul- No one knows. Everyone's in the unknown at the minute, aren't yeah. they? And loads of... I, I, most... It's basically impossible, because I'm looking at getting another EV at the moment, but it's impossible to get battery data. When you're trying to buy a car, it's not impossible, but like most retailers on their website won't give you a, this is where the battery's at. Like if you look on your iPhone, it'll tell you your battery is at 90% of its original capacity. Mm. And then once it's gone past 85, that's considered, I think by the industry, it's like degraded. It'll keep working after that. But after that point, it starts dropping fast. Mine's on 68 or something. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's had its day. And what's your experience... Is that like, does that battery feel dead or it just feels it, like less it, than normal? It's crap. It doesn't, <laughs> it's, it's totally crap. And then someone told me like, yeah, you need to do the battery on it. But me being me, I've just not got around to it. But um, yeah, because I was going to throw it away. I'm thinking this this phone's lost yeah, it's it. it's done. Because you know those misconceptions of Apple, isn't it? After you have a certain, uh, if you've got a certain model of iPhone after a certain amount of time. Yeah, they sort of kill it. They kill it. I don't think they do. I don't, I don't know. I've got a friend um, who works in the motor trade and his, he, he's got a, a bug for Bentleys. He, he reckons at the moment the warranty finishes on it, they program oh, and really? inject. Yeah, he genuinely believes that. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to yeah, call him yeah, out for yeah, it. Yeah. That's, that's, I was like, mate, you're, you're tripping. And he goes, no, well, no, no. He's had it a few times on a couple of contests. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? Because previously there was a time but it was like, I don't know when it was, when brands like Mercedes were literally building cars that they thought would last forever. Yeah. And they were building them kind of to last forever. That was the idea. Well, Do Mercedes the was the byword of reliability and quality. Yeah. Their R&D was, you know, enormous. Now probably Toyota or someone. Like if you want to get stuff that will last like a yeah, really, Japanese, really, yeah. really long time. Um, 
But then loads of other manufacturers, you look at stuff now and go, I mean, ultimately they sell it with a warranty and like, do they really care what happens after that time? I, I suspect if your cars all started falling apart after three years, people would stop buying them. Yeah, wow, yeah. it's tricky though, isn't it? It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's it's down to the consumer whether they're whether they're cool, relaxed. You know, some people don't have the patience for cars. They might have an engine management light that pops up. You know, if it pops up twice, oh, I don't want it. Yeah, get, get rid. rid on the phone, hand it back, all that nonsense. So, I think it's each to their own when it comes to that sort of thing. But it, it's it's definitely a given that manufacturers of they've been very clever they realize hang on a minute we've we've started over engineering cars and and truthfully speaking no one gives a, a yeah a flying cost us money it's costing us money so what we'll do is we'll put some flashing <laughs> flashing lights <laughs> like the a class you know yeah. um I've, I've been told that the a class is coming to an end of its life they, they're, they're only going to keep the cla oh really yeah which is which is mental in my opinion because I see the the darn things everywhere. Yeah, small hatchbacks. Yeah, and or or like that size of hatchback, like especially like around here where I used to live, like you just get the high end small hatchbacks, and mm. then the other people's car will probably be like a large luxury SUV or something, yeah. and then maybe some fancy sports car or whatever, but like. You can't replace that small hatchback. Everyone still wants a small car. Of course. Yeah, I love small hatchbacks, especially for town driving. Why would you, why'd you need a big SUV? Yeah. And I'm not trying to be a hate or anything like that. You just don't need it. You know, I came down here on a train. <laughs> you know, it was, it was easier. Um, but yeah, going back to the manufacturers, you know, they've they realised, hang on a minute. Well, A-Class is obviously their entry-level car from Mercedes-Benz. Mm. When that car came out, what now, three, four years ago? They Is that dis- what? Probably longer than that. I mean. Must be a lot longer than that. 2018 or five. Because it came out with, and then it had the, the big facelift where it got the, all the displays and stuff. Yeah. Well, it came with all these screens, didn't they? And they got, it had that augmented, um, augmented like sat nav. You know, with a camera and it shows yeah. you all the signs and all that sort of thing and hey Mercedes and all that. But that sort was of only after a while. You sure? Yeah. Like first A45 didn't have any of that rubbish. I say rubbish. I like that <sighs> stuff. Didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah, it was... Um, like when was the first A45? I remember... What, the, friend... the original, original A45? Are we talking about the... The current That's shape. 20... 12, 13, 14, 15... No, well, sorry, I'm bugging out here. So A class, A forty five, A class that we know at the moment. Yeah, when did that? Twenty nineteen, isn't it? Did twenty nineteen? You reckon twenty nineteen? Yeah, it is twenty nineteen because they unveiled it at Goodwood. The they did Defo. compact executive class came out in twenty because Adam Christo was sending it up the hill. It was a prototype one at the time, if you remember. Nah, so there was an absolute shocker of an old one. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that you're t- are you actually on about the original A45? No, I mean like the one you, like you can buy now, but the previous... Yeah, 2019. 2019? Really? And then, it, and then you're right, there was an update, wasn't there? I think they gave it some 
God, the A class has come a long way, hasn't it? Yeah. Wow. A four five. Did you ever see that um infamous uh moose test of the A class? Is this trying to dodge a moose and then just doing an uh, I don't know. It, it might well. have been a, yeah, it didn't go well. It, it, it went on two wheels and I think they had to pull the car out for six months. And then and then that was where the dawn of Mercedes ESC came in. You You're know, right. Really, really. 2018. Oh, it's 2018. That's that's a lot newer than I thought it was. Well, then I guess did the A45 that didn't come out straight away. So it's the W177 Mercedes. Yeah, we're gonna remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna remember that. But anyway, words. But yeah, no. Um, they've obviously cars have now. It's all about the latest tech. It's not really much about build quality. They'll still build it to a degree where obviously it lasts. Yeah. But they're taking away some of those quality elements. It's like Mark 7 Golf versus Mark 8. There's a, there is a, don't get me wrong, I notice it. I think to the rest of everyone else. They, they you think there's a quality difference? Yeah. 100%. I'm not driven by, I'm not, I don't think I'm still either It's still fundamentally VW. And to the way it drives, it's still the same, if not better. But then ergonomically, some of the plastic trimmings, yeah. uh, engine cover doesn't have the VW logo. I know that doesn't mean anything yeah. to anyone, but that's just small little things. But. Yeah, I feel like that about my Mercedes. Do you, oh, like, I, if you said bulletproof, I would not say my E63. Really? I th it, but I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know whether it's the ride or it just doesn't feel as bomb-proof as I think. In my head, I feel like it should. And I don't know whether it's the interior, what it is. It just feels a little bit more flimsy. Yeah. Well, you know, W205, well, we're on the new C-Class, aren't we? So the one before it, yeah. which had the V8. You know that centre console where it's got all the buttons? Yeah. They're renowned for just failing. They don't work. <laughs> so they just literally, literally you press a button and it's not there. Especially for the ESC off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I jumped in a C63 once and I tried to turn the ESC or traction control off and it wouldn't go it wouldn't go off. I was like, oh man. But there is um every generation of Mercedes, don't get me wrong, styling goes up, tech goes up, yeah. quality does drop incrementally. Yeah, they're they're refining that balance, aren't they? Of like because they don't make that much money out of each car. Presumably, the higher up the range you go and think you're stupid ones, yes, they make a lot more money. But like, it's not a high profit margin business no. for those people. And then you look at someone like Tesla at the moment. We know they're making loads of profit per car. Yeah. They just whack down the price by like eight grand on a bunch of models. Yeah, I know. And they're st we know they're still making lots of money. Making, they're huge. But, they, but, but their cars aren't well made. Yeah, they're not. It's true. And well, and also like, if I'm recommending an EV to someone, what do you say? If, if someone says, I think you're getting an EV, what do you say at the moment? I do say Model 3. Yeah. Why? Because of the range and the network. Yeah. But I tell them, the car itself, I don't think, I think it's a good car. Definitely a good car. It's all the car you ever need at all. I mean, really, it, it drives well. It's, it's roomy. It's got a decent sized boot. It's easy to operate, but it's not well put. I mean, look, next time you see a Tesla, always look at door shuts. Yeah, we know always. they're awful. 
they're just it's bad condensation and lights which I think for a car fifty, sixty thousand pounds is just That's it. But then we know Range Rovers are like that, people still buy them. Have you driven the new one? No. Have you sat in the new one? I've sat in the new one, yeah. I drove the new one for like twenty minutes. Yeah. Did a little test drive. I was like, hmm. I wonder, you know. I think we all do. We look around and go, hmm, what's that like? New Range Rover. Everyone says it's pretty nice. Everyone says it's pretty comfy. Pretty great. Took it for a 20-minute drive. It's quite nice. Yeah. It's not as luxurious as I thought it was going to be. Now, I don't know whether I have some weird preconceptions about what, in my head, a luxury vehicle should be like, which might just be wrong. Like, there might not be a vehicle that exists that is as luxury as I think luxury vehicles should be. But driving around in the Range Rover, I didn't think it was that quiet, like refined. I think it's refined, but I didn't think it was that refined relative to, let's say, my E-Class, which I think is probably also quite refined. Yeah. Um, But then the buttons on the steering wheel. So there's like no buttons in the new car at all, pretty much. Like yeah, two. yeah. There's a couple of bits here and, and there, then the and touchscreen. Oh yeah, I forgot about the touchscreen. If you're driving along and you want to adjust your seating position, don't bother. It there's on the seats. There's like a hundred million things you can do to the seats, but it involves like you know you can adjust the middle, the back, forward, backwards, headrest, yada yada yada. The bit under your legs moves forward and whatever. But if you try and do any of these things whilst you're driving along, it it, it pings the display back off. So it pings you back to like nav or something within so about two got, seconds. So then you're got like Humphrey again. You've got to, I've got to go back in. And, you know, so in essence, you've got to stop. I think, which is not an unreasonable request, but I find I'm changing my seat position in a new car or a car that I haven't driven very much. Quite a lot just yeah, to get yeah, it right. Was, yeah. It takes a few goes and then once you, you're set in, you're right. But yeah, I mean, luxury is meant to be stress-free. It's kind of a, kind of annoying that you have to yeah i don't i don't know about all this sub menu stuff we know from let's say tesla that they can make their cars cheaper than everyone else mm. in the category not and i think it's the it's it's got to be down to simplicity of components and simplicity of the way they put them together or the speed at which they put them together which other people go mm, i'm not quite happy with that but they do seem to like they've got these huge Hydraulic presses. Yeah, yeah. For gigapress, that's what they call them. Yeah. Um, for making body part parts. That's the, but that's the interesting thing. You look at their factory and you look at where they've got robots and everything, put them, assemble them together. Then you get in the car and you do think it was a bodge job <laughs> from Birmingham. You know, it, it does, you think, you've gone to all of that. But I think, I think, who is it? It was someone, actually, this is a car you drove, so we should get onto this topic. Yeah, go on. But designing doors is really hard. Like, designing doors to shut properly and well and all that stuff is actually quite tricky. Now, this came up in, well, another thing that's happened over the last oh, yeah. couple of years. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. We've, uh, we've sidetracked joined, so much. joined we? Fifth Gear. Yeah. Fifth Gear Recharged. How's, talk, talk to me. How's this come about? Um, wow. Um, so it came about in summer of 2022 and, um, I was having a Chinese with a mate and then I get a call 
and they said, look, we'd like you to come in for initially one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an MGB um, RBW um, electric car. And it was at Kerber Sprint Course. So we went in there, done one episode, um, the usual stuff, get in the car, talk about it, skid it about. And that was it. And then I think the following week they'd gone, yeah, can, can we have you throughout the series? So obviously Recharged nice. is um, fully focused on hybrids and EVs. Um, you've got Corinne Chandock, Vicky Butler Henderson, Jason Plato, Grace Webb, Jimmy DeVille, and then me uh, on there, which is uh, it's a bit surreal. I'll be honest with you. It's a bit surreal. I never thought I'd be doing fifth gear because obviously I've watched the show all my life yeah. from day dot. So to be a part of it is really, really cool. It's yeah. super cool. And then, like, before you got that call, because I, I feel like you've been sort of setting up for something like this for a while. Like, if someone was listening, and obviously they're not going to come and take your job straight away, but there was a vague plan over the last, I don't know, how many, five years, wasn't there? To, yeah. To sort of position yourself to possibly be able to do this. Absolutely. I think, um, well, over the six, seven years of the channel, I know I don't upload that much, but every once in a while, uh, me and Tom's gone and we'll go out and shoot a film. And, um, yeah, we, we, you know, I just like making high-end content on cars and um, we can't always do it financially, but, you know, we always did it in the hope that, you know, either Thomas or me would get picked up mm. and, and and go beyond that. And um, it has it has finally paid off a little bit. Um, obviously, I did some bits before with Love Cars on the Road, Paul Woodman and Tiff Nadell. Yeah former fifth gear presenter and other TV shows, but to do fifth gear was pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Cause I've watched one of your episodes and it was with the aerial hypercar. Yeah. Hypercar. That's uh it's a pretty what special like? car. So it's obviously, it's a pre-production car. So it's not going to be finished for another couple of years or 18 months. Um, fully electric it's got you know it's got a generator on there obviously you can fuel you, you don't have to fully charge it up so it's meant to have 1100 and 1160 1170 horsepower no 1180 sorry um, quite a lot. it is a lot and the curb weight is going to be 1500 kilos which for an ev is mental yeah um but um yeah that was a you know it's funny because the guys at Aero you know what they are they're a very small company they're all you know they're all quite laddish and very friendly all good and I got there and the car turned off on, on shoot and I said um, you know what's the hardest thing you guys done and he said to, I thought we'd talk about you know maybe the heating or something he went no putting a door in it putting a door in it's hard work so obviously um, the you know it's not fully finished um, they've got it running um, I don't think it was running full 1100, 1100 odd horsepower, but I think we had it up to about eight, 900. And then um, I think we had it about 1100 at one point, but then it started overheating a little bit and we had it down to eight, 900, but it's just warp speed. It just doesn't, yeah, it's quite relentless. It does tail off at the top once you get past 120, but it is, um, it's fascinating electric cars, isn't it? It's yeah. just fascinating. It's a different world. And it, it, you know what? It genuinely made a a noise, you know. 
from the electric motors. It's not yeah. sound generated. It's none of this, you know, fakery wizards there. It's genuinely the electric motors just whining away like yeah, a Tamiya yeah, yeah. RC car. <laughs> yeah. And that was quite cool. So done that. Um, yeah, they got they got to give me some cool stuff. Not bad for the new boy. Yeah, you know, they not got, bad. Yeah, and I, and I got to hoon it. So that was... Uh, that, and, and would you say there was something different about... And I, the thing is, it's such an early stage... You want to drive something like the like the Rimac that we know that's like finished, like the Navara. Yeah, because that's I would say that that's got to be peak EV at the moment, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's the top dog, isn't it? From what everybody's been saying. But like, let's say there's the hypercar, which is H I P E R C A R. It's hard to get um, your head around that. Yeah. Um, what was different about driving that versus, let's just say, a car with 1200 horsepower well you've driven aerials haven't you I've been and I've not actually yeah so obviously aerials are quite dainty and light and up on its feet and very tippy toey and um, you could sense that in this car obviously it's not been fully set up it was running Olins it was running Cup 2 Michelins but you had that sense of because obviously most performance EVs as you know they're quite heavy you know very Mm. heavy that you can feel that inertia what was interesting to be in a car that powerful and not, I mean, fifteen hundred kilos. It's it's not a bad weight. It's not heavy. It's not light. Yeah. But it's it's a you know it's a medium weight, and you can just sense that there's even though it's all wheel drive, you know, you can sense that it's going to be light and tippy toe on its feet. I'd love to have a go in it when when it's fully done. Steering was rather light. They're running a e pass system on it, so there's still a lot to do on that car. Yeah, there's yeah. still a lot to do, but you just having a sense of what it's like. Yeah, it does make you think. Okay, once this car's done, and and the powertrain on that car, that was, is that like the, um, is it like a typical sort of range extender type situation, or is it like the, you know you've seen that Audi Dakar car? I've seen a little bit. I've seen pictures. It's of it. basically got a DTM engine in the back that okay. just generates electricity to charge a small battery pack that then runs electric motors no way um and the combination of the two is more efficient than just running you know just your DT, an engine um and you can crank out crazy numbers from the motors um so it's, it's been interesting that's been in this dakar and the previous one um competing against whatever the toyotas and stuff yeah because obviously um, dakar they do they do it across you know thousands of miles but the, so. so in the hypercar it has this motor that mm. I believe can run on and oh, wait is it a motor or is it a jet engine no 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 so it's a it's a motor on either wheel uh, an electric motor yeah and then it's got like a, a generator on there yeah and is that a jet engine it's meant to, no it's not it's not a jet engine it can run on basically different types of fuel okay so you can either run it on petrol I think eventually it's going to run on hydrogen yeah. You can fill it up with hydrogen. And the idea of it is okay. to say that if you're going to a track day and you don't have a facility to charge it, i.e., I don't know, Anglesey or something, yeah. you can just plug it in with hydrogen or something like that, you know, generate all charge the batteries, and then off you go. It's a bit like the range extenders that you find on I3s or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, except yeah. that, you know, the output will be water and not CO2. So then it'll be clean and efficient. There is... Um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting look at the whole thing. What, how, how do you feel about hybrids like versus ICE and BEV? It's 
It's in it. Have you driven a few? I've driven a few now. I've done, you know, I've done a few Febs. I've done the thing with Febs and, you know, sort of just hybrids that aren't plug in. I can understand that if you don't have a facility to charge it, mm. i.e., Prius, those sorts of cards. Um, but then it, it all comes down to preference, isn't it? And choice. What do you do in your daily commute? You know, if yeah. you've got a charging station from what you, most of my mates and people I know that have got hybrids, you know, they don't, they're not fully into the EV world, but they like the idea of having something that they can just plug at home, go to work, you know, whiz up there and then whiz back for yeah. local commuting and, and round town driving. Yeah. Um, but then if they needed to go somewhere, road trip or whatever, they don't have the inconvenience of of, of uh, an EV. Well, if you can call it an inconvenience, I don't know. I've, you've got you've got two hundred eight, two hundred eight. So you know, you know a lot about it. You spend what's yeah. your car? Oh so. I, yeah, I've got someone was a family member was thinking about getting an EV as their sole car recently. I was talking to them about it. And I was like, I, I struggle at the moment to fully recommend an EV as your only car, depending on what you do. Like it, it's doable, but like, I think you need to be a little bit of a nerd. If you get, so all of these are slightly asterisked by, if you don't just want to get a model three, if you want to get a model three and you like the car, that's my problem. I, like, I don't really like the car. It's good. But just it, something about it. I want that intrinsic quality. Yeah that I'm happy to pay a bit more for or whatever, or just wait for someone else to come up with the same. But I can't really recommend, let's say my mum was to go, I want to get, we need a new car. Should we get an EV? It's going to be the only car. And I'm like, you can, but like you might run into problems at some point. Yeah. Most um, of the time you'll be fine. You'll charge at home, happy days. Like literally you'll do 99% of your miles. No problem. But if you decide tomorrow I want to drive a long way, you need to plan it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's down to the individual, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's it. But the thing is, the motor car is a symbol of freedom. You know, anywhere mm. and the road and the roads around you. The car works around you. An EV, you have to work around it because of the network and the way it's charging. But then... To some extent. Yeah, and if you're lazy or... You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say lazy, but you're just nonchalant, sort of just, it, you can run into problems, but then it's going to be at your inconvenience, isn't it, really? So you, you you better charge it up and look for somewhere to charge. But then at the same time, I've come across, I remember being in a Model 3 performance, mm. and I went to one of these 22 kilowatt hour charges, and then thinking, that, oh yeah, I'll plug that and charge. You know, and this is someone that wasn't clued up on EVs as much. Knowing that, do you know what? It only lets you charge it up 15 minutes and then you got to... Oh, you had to re-tap again? Yeah. But then by the time I was up in the morning, I've, I've had yeah, it. Yeah. You know, so... That's that's an insane concept. Yeah. Like, yeah, we need to They're still around. I mean, I've, I've just moved into a new office and, um, you know, there, there was a, you know, there's a 22 kilowatt charge. And the guy was telling me, he was like, yeah, You've got to charge it. You plug it in, tap the, you know, pay for it. Yeah. But then you've got to wait 15 minutes, take it out and then 
put it back in and I went, are you mad? Is that, is that because of the contactless um, limit on a card? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be because you can do what? How much can you do contactless now? Anything. 40 quid? 60 quid? No, no, not, not, on a, not like Apple Pay. I mean, with a card. Oh, on a card. I think it's... Uh, 40? I think it's 40, yeah. Something well, like no, that. 30, 30 so 40 that, quid, yeah. That's a lot of... That's actually quite a lot of EV juice. Yeah, and they don't have chip and pins where, well, you know, obviously... Yeah. yeah. I it, I find it it's, it's really tricky because I am actually massively pro-EV. I think they are a very good solution and I think they're a very good part of... Part, a good part of the future that we need to be living in. Agreed. And there's a place for them. I think cities and towns, definitely EV all day long. And most people. I think most people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you, your normal commuting day, EV. I think if you're doing the best part of 40, 50k miles a year and it's up and down all sorts of motorways, you know, whether that's a business or whatever you you might do, I still think there's a place for... God, I might get I might get cancelled for saying it now, isn't it? Diesels. There is a space there, for there it. Is a, there is a place for it. It is so much cheap. If you can charge at home. Because you'll say that like, the freedom of having a car. Yeah. There is actually a real freedom of, you know, I'm just going to asterisk all this stuff by if you can charge home or at least on your street. Um, that you wake up and your car is fully juiced every day. I should say it could be. You can drive 200 plus, 230 miles or something mm. without having to go to a petrol station. Any any day you wake up, you can drive 230 miles. You don't go, okay, actually, I've got like, I was at a family's house at the weekend and one of the, the my brother-in-law was like, oh, I need to go and fill the car up. He was also going to combine it with picking up some stuff from the shop or whatever. He's like, I'm going to go fill up the car. 10 minute each way journey. I was like, interesting. Like, you'd never do that in an EV. No. That's a good point. And you also never get into a cold car. Oh, yeah. In winter. Yeah, especially over the last... Yeah, mate. The last few, you know, few weeks of the cold, I mean, today's been nice, to be fair, but, yeah, getting into a cold car in the mornings. But I think, to sort of... There, there is pro and points, that, isn't there? There is pro points. I think there's definitely a space for it. And we're just early. I, I still think we're really early in the game. I think manufacturers are starting to make some really good cars. Yeah. Like Taycan. Great. Great car. Great. Brilliant. Just not quite like... For me, it's not it's not quite there to be my only long range type car. But then it's Porsche's first iteration of an EV, and it's, a, and it's a great, you know. And I'm sure over time they'll 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 nail it. They'll nail it, and obviously they're gonna they're coming up with e fuels and everything as well. Exactly. So. We're gonna get what we're we gonna get soon. We're gonna get a whole bunch. We're gonna get from Porsche. Okay, it's gonna. I'm just kind of ignore the big SUVs because making big SUV EVs is is just stupid. Like we shouldn't be putting. 120 kilowatt hour battery packs into cars like come on people um but we're gonna get the pa- there's an ev panamera coming nice Damn, you so because i think most people look at the Taycan and go oh well, that's like the ev panamera but it's not it's smaller, it's, smaller. It? it's yeah. kind of like a slightly extended 911 or something yeah um and then we're gonna get the the a6 estate okay 
um, and then the RS6 estate. But I don't know about you, how, how you feel about performance. How do you feel about performance EVs at the moment? Not, there's, not, there's not that many out there. There's not many out there. I've only, I've only tried a handful like Polestar, Porsche, um, Audi's e-tron is quite good. But I don't know. It's a hard one. I think in terms of performance, it's definitely impressive. It's a bit like... Yeah. It, the way I look at it, it's a bit like, you know, when the R35 GTR came along and that car just, you know, the launch control and that, how it just sort of, you know, catapulted mm. everybody and everybody kept going on about GTR, GTR, GTR. Now, I'm, don't get me wrong, GTR is a wicked car. We're so used to it. Yeah. Are we a bit like that with performance? I don't know. It's... So I guess the, the question for me would be like, and I've got a, a good example sitting mm. outside here and a good example of a car that's just come out, which we'll definitely talk about. The, let's say you've got your Taycan. Yeah. And you can get a the rear wheel drive one, which is probably 0 to 60 in five and a half. Yeah, about that's under my, six. That's yeah. my guess. Um, and then you've got your Turbo S, which is rapid. And then you've got all the bits in between. Would you go over and above to buy a Turbo S? No. I wouldn't, no. I don't think I would. See, I, I have zero desire for a Taycan Turbo S. Like, I have a lot of desire for a 4S Sport Turismo. Yeah. Ignoring the Sport Turismo this, part, but a 4S, I go, that's, that's bloody quick. Yeah, Turbo S, I remember getting in that thing. And launching it, and I'm just thinking, wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's mental. Mental. Great. Sick. I love it. You don't need that much. Then you jump in a 4S, and you're like, okay, yeah, this, this is quick. This is as quick as a, you know, Panamera Turbo yeah. or something like that. But, yeah, Turbo S is... Um, I mean, but the thing is, I, the reason why I was having a bit of thought and thinking no, I was saying no, no from me, yeah, but okay. no to everyone else... Some people just like having the most expensive, ludicrous thing. But as a sort of, uh, Patrick is no longer the right word, car enthusiast, because yeah. let's include all the stuff. For me, the six, E63 sitting outside, mm. if that was an EV, I wouldn't have bought the 63. Of course not. I would have bought the whatever. I would like bought the equivalent of 4S type situation. Yeah. That's got a stupid engine in it. And in the past... The performance versions have always had the most rowdy engine. Yeah. So if it does say Mercedes. That's what makes AMG. So if you're EVs, you've got to distinguish them by some other way. And raw performance, I think for a lot of people, might not be enough. Now, let's take AMG. Mm. We've got a new AMG at the moment. C63. C63. Mm. Which has got more performance, but... Hasn't got a V8, and it weighs too much. It's heavy, isn't it? It's only I, I, I think it's on par with your E63. It's heavier, wagon, yeah. Is it heavier? I think it's it's two point one tons, isn't it? Two point one or two point two? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the E63 is not two point one. And this is I was looking it up today because I wanted to know the difference between a my M340i and the E class. Yeah, this is just thinking about like those sorts of cars and going, well, actually a three series touring is quite heavy. Like nowadays, like it's not light. 
So to have another, I think my car is 2050, 2070 kilos. And then a three M340i is 1890. Really? Something like that. It's 18 <laughs> something. So then it's not far off, for me, the two, that two, you just go, well, do I want more space and the stupid engine or whatever? It's not quite a like for like, but you're not getting a lot more driver appeal mm. in a three series. Okay, 150 kilos or whatever. It's not nothing, but a C63 that's is heavier than the car with a V8 and you've got more performance. It's only, a, when you think of it, that car is only 100 kilos off. If it's 2.1, yeah, it's 100 kilos off a Bentley flying spur or a Conti, a yeah. Continental GT. That's ridiculous. That's Mercedes's small saloon. Small saloon. Small saloon. And they're going to make an E-class. <laughs> What's that going to weigh? You're going to need a HGV license to drive that, you know? It's, it's going to be 2.2, Or they've got the E-performance, haven't they? E, uh, AMG GT four-door. That's like the 800-odd yeah. horsepower yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, electric motor one. And I hate to, like, prejudge, because I, I, I just the one thing I hate is prejudging a car before having a go but it's not do you think you're quite good at it though I am yeah I, <laughs> I, I, I think I so am. I am I, I am I, I, I rarely ever get it wrong apart from one which was that Maserati Gricale okay Trofeo because you was you was almost going to come on there yeah, on yeah, that yeah. launch so that was uh, December and you know got an email from Maserati to go out and test out the Trofeo uh, Gricale which is their small sized SUV What's that class as mid-size SUV? Uh, A5, Q5 size? Yeah, Q5 size. McCann, yeah. McCann, X3M sort of rival. This is the Trofeo, so it's got the detuned uh, and the Tuno V6 from the MC20. Mm. So it's um, it's like 523 horsepower. And um, I did, because obviously, other than the, than the um, MC20, Maserati have fallen off. You know, I think, yeah. you know... They did Ghibli diesels and Quattroport. It was just. It's, it's been. So, it's just been one of those brands that's just like. Eh. Yeah, I know. Like it's a cool name. And they it, at one point in time made some really cool cars. Yeah, but like I got nothing for it. MC Twenty is cool. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I, I really want to have a go in that car. Does the Gricali suffer? And this is something I think about, like my E Class. Um, but also the C63, it's an interesting one, where I think the engine, the engine has to suit the car. And bear with me. If it's a small, revy, kind of zingy engine, it can't be in something big and heavy. It doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, so like, like, so like a, an E60 M5, a V10 M5. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but like that's got, that's also quite a, a rowdy. Yeah, no, that's but that's a, a rowdy engine. Because some people think that that car, it's got the, you know, it's in the wrong body. That yeah, engine, yeah, yeah. Because it's a hybrid. Yeah, well, maybe. With yeah, not much torque. So. Um, I, I'm thinking like because the C63 is a four cylinder. Yeah. Plus some electric. I don't think of sitting in a car like that and having the four cylinder noise, especially an AMG. Like if you're in a sports car. It can kind of have whatever, 
but you kind of think, nah, this should be high revving and make all the juice. If your car weighs three tons, I kind of think it should go and just, you should have a wave of torque and it shouldn't be going. Yeah, I know what you mean. It should have a V8 and, and that's why we love and know the C63 so much. It's not, it's definitely not the most dynamic car in its class compared to say a Giulio Quadrifoglio or an M3. Right. But we love it because it's just brawny and silly and it just, you know, I, I love the phrase Clarkson made once about them. He said, if it had a tongue, it would go around licking windows. <laughs> and, it, and it's absolutely it's absolutely true. They're just silly cars. They're, um, I think the best way I can describe them, I think, um, is they're like city trader boys. You know, they've got a yeah. sensible high-end job, but you just know on a Friday night they're going to be up to some crazy <laughs> shit. Some, exactly. Yeah, yeah they're going to be up to it. some no good. And that's the best way I can describe the C63. And it was going to come anyway. They, they, they weren't... They, this they, don't, they didn't want to do it. Of course they didn't want to do it. You know, and then... But I'm sure there must have been other options. It's like, okay, right, the lazy muscle car C63 is over. Okay, it has to be downsized to four cylinders. Why don't we give it small bit of hybrid assistance and turn it into a bit of a a proper sports saloon? Yeah, you know, make it light. Make it light. Make it drivable. Well, it's difficult with crash regulations and everything nowadays. But try and make it as taut and supple. But from what I could tell from all the reviews, it's not it's not having a particularly good time. It, and it sounds like, which is a lot of reviews for a lot of cars these days, like. It's incredibly competent. It's really fast. It's, <sighs> it's got lots of torque. Blah 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 blah. And then you can tell. Yeah, the we bloody know that. Just doesn't care. They're oh like, yeah, I can see like, through their bullshit. Like, yeah. And it does all these things. It ticks all these boxes. But like, mm, it's still really heavy. And then another problem is: is can't you get that same engine in a C forty three? Pretty sure. Yeah. Well, you can't get that in that full combination yet. But it's near enough there, isn't it? It's a four-cylinder turbocharger. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it doesn't oh, have I'm a hybrid. Sure, yeah, I'm sure. Obviously, the, the motors turn the other way around. I know they've done a lot. No, no, that, but, but you can't get the hybrid part of it. Has it not got like an electric motor curves or anything like that? In the it? C43? Yeah. I think it might have one of those, I don't know whether it's got the sort of, what is it, 48-volt system? Yeah, where that's what I'm thinking. Just like I'm a little sure bit of juice. Got, just yeah. like a little bit of like get you off from lights and stuff. Yeah. But how do they differentiate it when you've got two four-cylinder turbocharged cars in its class. I know one's got considerably more power, but, you know, there's... I don't know. It, 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 before, you had the V6 43, and then you had the V8 yeah. C63. There was, you know, there was a majesty as to having that car. I, I need to have a go at one. I, I, but I haven't yeah, got my hopes I think up. it's going to make... that's It's going to make distinguishing between the models really hard, I think, because... You're going to go, yeah, okay, it's quicker, but it sounds the same. And I think for a lot, for me anyway, that is, I don't care. I don't care enough about the performance. Yeah. To, to me... To, um, to spend more unless there's a fundamental shift. Yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And, and, and people, I often get criticized for, oh, you don't like change. You don't like moving on, blah, 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 with the times. I am happy with moving on with the times, but it's... <sighs> I don't know, man. Maybe, I maybe I need to get over it a little bit more. But to me, they, they killed the C sixty three. I knew it was going to come. Is what it is. Unfortunately, it is what it is. But and I guess, you know, the the next one after that is going to be electric. Yeah. Well, it's all going to go down that way unless something else happens in the future. So, so things need to change a lot by then. And actually, driving something like. I drove back to back the Turbo Panamera Turbo S E hybrid E hybrid, cool car, cool car. But I personally think could do without the hybrid. Yeah, it's better without the. Like hybrid it's a lot system. lighter. In fact, <laughs> you can buy it without the hybrid. It's three hundred um, kilos um, lighter. I don't think you can even buy a Turbo S E hybrid now, can you? I think you can just buy the Turbo. Are they, they got rid I of the S E hybrid? It. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe because it was it was one of those like loopholes business you know you run it through the business and you, it's it a bit dodgy less. isn't it yeah um, which is where like a lot of these hybrids have sort of come from but it also sits in that category of you know like s65 yeah why i mean yeah it's got a v12 but you don't really need it so S63 why would does. you it does but why would you get the e-hybrid if you've driven both that's it yeah i don't know i don't know maybe you would because driving that car back to back with the Taycan Turbo S, I went, well, the Taycan's just a better car. Oh, yeah, f- full stop. It's just it better. Yeah, it's just better. But, you know, I mean, the, the Panamera's a bigger car, it's a lazier car. Twin turbocharged. So then mag. those cars, they have like a, a character to them in the sense that like you're not hustling it around a track. You're not really hustling it down a road. Nah. You're, you're making it go down there. Having a character, characterful engine is really nice. Like a st- stupid V8, V12, whatever. Oh, it plays your, a big part of the car. We know that. In your 7 Series, 760 Li or what, whatever it is, all these cars that had stupid engines in them, that's really cool. But if we're going to go EV, obviously that's going out the window. The Taycan drives bloody well. I would, would not mind if my E63 drove like a Taycan, but just happened to have the same engine in it. That would be yeah. awesome. When it comes to EVs, the one that I've grown to love the most out of all of them is the Taycan. I've actually, I did think, do you know what? Probably a part of me in my life down the future, I probably would have a mm. Taycan. I think it, it, majority of the time, and um, we're all known for doing it, we're not, we're not doing transition skids and trailing in a throttle. You know, what are you talking what about? Well, well, I, oh, well, you know, no, I know I'm growing up here, aren't I? But do you know what I mean? For the majority of the people, they don't, you're, can't, not, you're, you're not, not doing that. And you're not doing it in your biggest state. Of course not. You'll take down postcodes and yeah. man posts, you know what I mean? And, you know, so it's, yeah, for 90% of the time, and no one takes their Taycan or Panamera to the, to the um, no one takes their Taycan and Panamera to track days unless you're just... No, why would you? It's why not would, it's not what it's you for. D- you wouldn't do that. So getting the upgraded brakes yeah, or yeah, any yeah. of that. You don't need PCCBs. 
Unless I, unless you unless they're lighter and you're like, oh, I want the they are lighter, but ride quality possible tiny bit of ride quality. But if it's on air suspension, like I think on turbo S's they're standard, aren't they? Cross the board, yeah, yeah, for your two hundred grand or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think there is a space. Uh, there is something nice having a big barge. With a V8 that burbles, and yes, it does emit CO2. Yes, it consumes fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but there is something cool about them. It's cool. just it, it's going back to the same point as the C63. We, I, I think I can speak for the rest of the car enthusiasts. We like that car, and yeah. we liked it because of how silly it was. And sometimes, in for most cars, yeah, you can judge it by numbers and what it does off a spec sheet and drag races and quarter miles it's not that's not all it's how it makes you feel yeah that is what to me that's what i look for in a car how does it make you feel and if it makes you feel happy then great and most of the time i think yeah just there is a space for the turbo s panamera i think they will eventually you know kill it off well they i think they have done from what i've been told but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a niche it'd car. It'd be interesting to see how those... Yeah, and they, you see them and you go, that is unnecessary, but it's got a steady engine in it. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I've just thought of a sort of interesting game. I don't know whether this will work or not. Go on. Let's let's take... I've always thought conventional manufacturers make too many models. Oh. Let's say you're Mercedes. They make... God, bazillion versions they're having an identity crisis with their EVs and you look at something whether it's EVs or ICE or all the lot yeah. um, you look at Tesla and they make four cars yeah S-E-X Y Y simple they're going to make one more at some point they might make a small one I don't know what they're going to call it it's exclamation like, mark maybe yeah it's like Gordon <laughs> yeah <laughs> exclamation mark well, they've they've got the truck and they've got the um, oh, yes. roadster to bloody bring out. Yes, they've, they've been... got a few. But let's say they make four cars and they go, they've got a sort of small saloony car, a large saloon, a small SUV, and a large SUV. If you went through most manufacturers and said, right, you can only make four cars, what would you keep? Let's get, let's go out of the big ones. This could actually be quite challenging. This is quite you've got it, and you've got to do it in terms of like you think it will not be a bad idea for the uh, the business because if you said Porsche, right? I think you could probably pick. I could definitely pick yeah. four models, but they ain't going to make all the money. So if Porsche can only make four models, what would what would you pick? What four models? They can only sell four cars, and that's like one engine in each one. Well, nine eleven obviously is gonna. You got to keep that. What engine? What what, what what car? What car? Yeah. <sighs> you can possibly tweak it a little bit because you know they're not making a hundred versions be, it's anymore. It's got to be NA, man. It's got to be NA, right? It's got to be NA. Ideally, the four liter, flat six, five hundred horsepower job. But you aren't going to sell as many, are you? So because there's that big figure of CO two, isn't it? That's how the manufacturer. Yeah, okay, we, we don't want to get seedy. Well, let's try. Let's try I reckon. Go on. I, I reckon do it for your that way. One, let's do it. And then just on the nine eleven, I reckon you put the GT three engine in a GTS. Yeah, perfect. And, perfect. And then like you can sort of pick your GTS options however you want. 
which means you can have seats, no seats. You can have lightweight seats, stuff, not no lightweight stuff, yeah. carb, whatever. A full spec of options, but that's your 911. What other models? Three others. Cayman's got to be there, isn't it? I don't know. Cayman. Cayman. What be... engine? It's got to be a flat six. It could be a flat six. Oh, ideally, but then do you put... So you'd set, you, you would put the GT3 engine in it? Yeah. So you're selling a 911 with a GT3 engine in it and a Cayman with a GT3 engine in it. Yeah, I know. This doesn't... It's too many of the same engines, but look, Mercedes did it across the whole their range and that works. Yeah, to be fair, if you went to Mercedes, you'd be like, yes, I will take the four-litre V8 yeah. <laughs> turbo and put it in four different cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's what Mercedes did. Okay, you're buying a four-litre twin-turbo V8. What body do you want it in, you know? So, um, yeah, Cayman, Cayman and 911 should be flat six. And then the four litre. what are the two cars? Boxster. You got Boxster, of course. Why are you looking at that? I, was just, I think cool. you're not going to sell that many cars if you go with this strategy. What's your final one? McCann. McCann. That's a bestseller. It's a brilliant car. Yeah. Does everything you want. And which McCann? GTS. GTS. Mm. And then eventually down the line, if he has to go EV, okay. let it go EV. I think with that one, with the... I would do McCann... 100% McCann. And then I would either do Cayenne or Panamera. I think for general Joe blogs, I'd have to go Cayenne because they sell more Cayennes than they sell yeah, Panamera. They do, yeah. But the engine I would put in them, I wouldn't put stupid engines in them. I would put like, I would go McCann S and Cayenne S. Yeah, because they come with the twin turbo V6 400 horsepower. Quick like, enough. Quick enough. Does the job. Makes good noise. Reasonably, good on fuel. like, good on fuel. Yeah. Like, if I was to sell a Taycan, I would only sell a 4S or a 4. Yeah. Because, like, That's that car, it's not your sports car. It's a, it's a comfortable saloon for cruising around, doing long distance, occasionally going quick. It's quick enough. You're not hitting around track. You've got your... You got your other toys. You've got for your it. other toys. For yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Do you think with performance saloon cars they've gone a bit too extreme now? People buy them, don't they? I know, but hasn't it gone a bit too like to me? My idea of a performance saloon is yes, give it some poke. It needs to be bonkers fast, but I don't want it to be overly sporty. It needs to have a decent chassis. Nimble enough, but I, I want it to be a bit lazy, but it doesn't need to be taut. And yep. yeah, I'm going to go do a 620 or 720 Nürburgring lap time. That, that's definitely one of the problems with the E63 in the UK. It's think, trying to be. I think be... in Europe, it's it's not a problem. Like it, the ride and everything's fine. Here, it's just a bit, it could be a bit more wafty. Jaguar does this incredibly well. They're, they're, they're the kings at it. They are the absolute kings at that sort of stuff. I was talking to um, Al Clark on Instagram about it and because um, he was just going through some old photos of some of the stuff he's done in terms of projects with mm. Jaguar. And yeah, they they nail what makes a saloon car. Supple ride, torque chassis, silly light body, silly engine. That's it. It's not... It's probably not the most efficient way compared to an M5, but it's definitely going to put a smile on your face. You're not going to be bouncing up and down the road. Even like, you know, I jumped in an XJR once 
And even when I stuck it in race mode, I can still yeah. bumble down a B road in it and enjoy it. They they are the kings, and and um, yeah, they're, they're great at doing big saloons more so than the Germans, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely in the UK, hundred percent. Well, yeah, you know, the, and they are they are based here because I, I think if you look at all the all of the stupid, silly SUVs, there's a lot of them now. <laughs> Too many, like let's say Porsche Turbo GT. Uh, Range Rover SVR versions or Mercedes, what do they do? I don't know. GLE 63 or whatever. All of those cars ride like shit. They're all crap. Like, they don't ride nicely. I think Ooh, people... Oh, I don't know. The, the KN's quite good. And the SVR. If you've got... No, I think the Turbo GT will not ride that well. I've not driven a Turbo GT, but I think... Not, no. But any of them on air are all right, but they're not, none of them are luxe. It's because of the wheels. Because they've got, because obviously, you know, it's the high performance version. You've got to give it a big body kit. So then you've got to fill the arches with big wheels. Obviously go down a smaller wheel, but then it doesn't look as cool. It's it's the whole setup. It's all of the suspension. It's all, they're like not allowing any roll and whatever. Like, but I think the F-Pace SVR Harry Metcalf did a video on that recently. I think that rides really not like that is a rides really, really nicely. Good car. I drove stupid um, engine, like great, yeah. great stupid engine, brilliant engine. That five liter supercharged V eight, that amongst like the six point two V eight and a couple of LS engines will go down in history books as a yeah. what a motor of a car. Um, I got to drive that all the way back from uh, Nice, southern France, all the way back to the UK. So over a thousand miles. Uh, what was that like? Brilliant. Really, really good. Um, I don't know why you don't... It's a treat when you see one on the road in SVR. I, don't, I think I've only seen like one or two. It's pretty rare. Yeah, and then the rest I've seen are in showrooms. It's very, very rare, but it's a really good car. It's easily the most amusing out of all of them. You know, it's... Um, all right, it's not well built. As like a McCann, not much is, to be honest. You know, it's probably not as efficient on fuel, but it, it's definite. I think it's a great looking car. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. It's got, it's so entertaining to drive, no matter whether you, whether you're a racing driver or you're a hooligan or you're just Joe Bloggs that's going down the shops, you're going to have a good time in that car. Practical still, but we don't see it. We don't see any of it. It doesn't have the badge. Like if you if it was a Range Rover product, if Range Rover made that product in the Velar, yeah, they'd sell by the million. Like, would they? I don't know. Yeah, they would sell a lot more. But then it it, it goes down in that book. Of, it's a bit more. What that car is is um, it's a it's a much more well sorted. Range Rover Sport SVR because the yeah. SVR's got that's got a great chassis and that's. That's a bit like the C63 in the sense that it's just silly. Yeah. It's just big. It's brash. <laughs> it's it so it heaves up and down. And you, it's it's like being in a Dakar car. But I do like it. I don't know the people that drive them, but I like it. I do like that car. Um, but the F pace is a much much. If if I had the choice, I think it would either be that or the Gricale. Oh, interesting. But then that, that, that's from a. A heart overhead. Yeah, ignoring the value, whatever. Yeah, if I'm thinking in my head, I'm going for McCann. 
yeah. straight away. The X3M, I don't know what the LCI version of that car's like, but the last time I drove an M competition, I I thought I dismissed it straight away. The ride was that bad. It was shocking. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, I went up the hill at Goodwood in an M3 competition. What, X3? X3 competition. M competition. And within two seconds, I knew that I was never going to remotely consider buying this car. Just a bit of... <laughs> was that a facelift? It must have been, yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago, I don't know. Oh, was it? Oh, was it? Okay. A couple of years ago. Yeah, no, it's it's a shame really because it's got a good powertrain. Obviously, it's got that engine from the um, current M3, and um, and I really like the X3 M40i and D. Yeah, I think they're great cars, but they, in terms of the X3M, I dismissed it straight away. And people go, oh yeah, but you can you know you can change the dampers. I don't want to be spending that sort of eighty ninety grand card. What you, I got to change I dampers? Are you mad? I've been thinking about this recently. Yeah. Like, uh, what cars would I buy or would I change suspension setups on? And the answer is pretty much every car I own. If I was thinking about it like that, yeah, like, same. I would I would do it because they're not exactly how I want them. Audi RSs, every single one of them, majority of them, they're going to get a Geo set up and yes. ride like a BA RS4. So that's a 2013-2014 car. Great looking car, great powertrain, 4.2 naturally aspirated V8, understeers a bit too much. Okay, that's not really its biggest issue. The biggest issue is the ride. That era, busy. that era of RS product was shocking. Like I... Got a S3 back in 2012, maybe? Something like that. Anyway, and was looking at the RS3 at the same time and then went in one and was like, no, this ride is like horrific. That, but it got better. It's so If you look at modern, so of all the brands, modern Audi RS products ride really well. Even yeah. though they're all on stupid wheels, they still ride remarkably well so the the i got to drive the new rs3 um last year and i was amazed by how well that car rode it it was five series level good of the way it, it, yeah. it, it rid over bumps and what's nice is audi is actually listening you know they're listening there but you know everything that you, me, load of other journos. It understeers too much. They are making cars now with a bit of a, a bit of an amusement, and I think we sort of seen that when the S3 2013-2014 model on the MQB platform when that car yeah. came along, when it started showing a bit of adjustability, we think, okay, right, Audi are listening, and they're slowly getting better at it. Even the new RS6, a bit more entertaining to drive. They haven't perfected it, no. but. RS3 is quite an amusing car to drive. So in that category, so this is the, the conundrum I was sort of my going through my, you know, we all have this shit on a daily basis, don't we? 100%. Think about some car or whatever. So I'm lining up to spend, let's say, 30 to 40 grand on an EV at the moment. Ideally less, but like it kind of seems like this is what it's going to cost. And I go, right, okay, today I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm going to get a new E208. And then the week later... Like currently, I'm like, oh, I'll probably get a Cooper born. But then I... I what's, what's that like? Any good? It's it's like quite good for what it is in terms of being an EV. But if you go, right, you buy a new one, it's like 40 grand. And then you go, you probably could get an RS3. 
Yeah, because and then you're like, mmm. And I, and it, so, which car would you have? Ignore the EV part, but like between because they're they're all crazy expensive now as well. They're all too. Dear. Let's, let's say thirty to fifty grand is the new car price ish we're aiming at here. So you wouldn't get an RS3 performance because that's like seventy. What a joke. Um, but you let's just say you can have RS3 845 or any of the sort of that class ish up or down a model of car. Which would you go for? Um, I mean RS3s. What are they sixties? Aren't they? So that's way off. But you could have a. Is that with heart? Is that with? Is that think? Oh, I can have a go. I can go older as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that type of car. Two years. Okay. Um, if it was just the car that I want to live with every day, forever or for a while, that does sort of everything. I think I think nothing gets better than an M three forty I Touring or D. Mm. I'm leaning towards the D. I don't know why. I think it's just because I do a lot of miles. But I don't think it's much cheaper now. It's not. No, no, of course not. I mean, I did the math with my mate, and we were saying like to to compensate the saving. And the cost before this inflation of diesel went yeah. on, you've got to be doing the best part of 65, 70 miles to the gallon. Now, if you think of all the diesels that are 65, 70 miles to the gallon, they're all pretty boring. And yeah, and the M340D, you're not getting 60, 70. No, you're probably getting 40s or something, or maybe less than that. Yeah, maybe 50. But you'll get 40 in the M340i. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the diesels are. They're phasing away, aren't they? I think I think they have a place. They we're talk, definitely we're have talking a place. about the performance end. Yeah, where if you're just like doing the slightly less, let's say, if I went a couple of years, the diesel off, was quite nice though. Diesels are nice in terms of torque, and yeah. I think when it comes to performance, diesels, I don't think anyone does it better than BMW. But if you we went down a couple of years old, definitely a Julia Quadrifoglio. I think that's a cracking car. That's you're basically buying a Ferrari. That is a really cool. That's car. That's a Ferrari. One, and then maybe either it's going to have got worse or they'll have been fixed. It definitely had a lot of had bug weird issues, yeah, bug issues that maybe have all been fixed, or your car is undrivable. One or the other. You've either got a banger for thirties, yeah, late, yeah, um, late thirties. Mid forties for a decent spec. That was an incredibly good buy. When they even when they came out brand new, which I never recommend anyone buy. I can't brand new, but yeah, they're they're holding their money strong so well, very well, very very well. And it's a great looking car. It sounds great. It's got an awesome powertrain. I love the fact that when you put it in race, it turns all the ESC off. Yeah, and you're buying a Ferrari saloon. That's cool. Yeah, ish. Yeah. The engines... uh, It doesn't feel, to me, when I drove it, it didn't feel that solid. No, it does feel like... It feels a little flimsy. (laughs) It feels like if you go past 150, things are going to come off. But you laugh about it. That's that's Alfa Romeo, isn't it? Yeah. That's kind of what they do. It's cool. I I think that is a really cool car. Yeah, it's just one of those... I, I think that's... Can't be your only car because it, you, you just it just wouldn't work, would it? But um, I think sensible hat. That's a good. That's a good. I. That is a good choice, isn't it? That that Alpha. I mean, like, it, assuming it's just 
make the assumption that it might work all the time. You've got a really cool car, like you say, cool yeah. engine. It's different, looks good. Great to drive. There's a lot of box things. If you get an M340i, which is a great car. Touring for me. Yeah, touring. It's just a great car. Brilliant. But there are a lot of other people that have also got M340i's or 3 Series Tourings. And... Yeah, it's a bit... Yeah, so where, where else do you go? I mean, you've got... I still think in that class... Yeah. That is, that, and that's why I bought one. I thought that, that that's the car. Yeah, it's mega. It's Would just you... the car. You wouldn't, you're not getting a C63. You're not getting a new one. The previous <laughs> one just didn't ride very well. That was my biggest problem with it. Yeah, this one now. Wicked car. It. Yeah. Good interior. You know, good styling. Not out there. Not, you know, very discreet. No stupid grills. No stupid, yeah. No stupid grills. Yeah, I think I think that's my recommendation of car. I mean, then obviously, I I would say the Fiesta ST, but that car's gone now. There's gone. no, yeah, it's gone, and I'm really upset. Have you driven the Hyundai? Hyundai, what i twenty twenty? No, 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 I haven't driven it. It's a nice car. It's quite good, apparently, isn't it? It's not. It doesn't have the that excitement factor that the. Fiesta ST did. The Fiesta's it's just, amusing, isn't it? That was just really amusing. Yeah. And I I think most people would get that from driving it. Like, you don't have to be doing anything silly. It just is amusing. My, to me, a hot hatch, it it needs to make you feel like an ASBO, first and foremost. Yeah. It doesn't need to be the fastest. It just needs to bring out your inner kid. Like, and if it doesn't do that, it's a fail. I was in a Polo GTI uh, about whew, a couple of years back. And what a boring car. <laughs> what a boring car. It's, yeah, it's sensible. It's well made. It goes well. DSG box, all that stuff. But if that's what you want, buy something else. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't. And the, the Fiesta... I mean, I've been banging on about. I built my channel on a on a Fiesta. I've been banging on about them for ages. I think they're cracking cars. The Mark Eight's even better. It's got a great engine. It's got a great chassis. It's got a good interior. Three or five door, good on fuel. The only pet hate with them is is there are nasty people out there that steal them. So you just gotta you know keep yeah. your wits about. You put a ghost and a um a, what do you call it a steering lock. But other than that, great car. Just brilliant. And I, we're losing that breed of cars now. There aren't... There's nothing. There aren't many cars that I get in. And, and I think the i20 end is good. Like, it's fun. I did Yeah, I'm keen to have a go in that, yeah. Um, but it didn't have that... I didn't feel like if I... You know, the Fiesta, you turn into a corner, like, a little bit fast, you lift off, it, it, it tells you I could be moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get a great... You get a little, like, mm, The okay. axle location's really good. You've just got that really nice... You, it, it's talking to you, which is great. And uh, it's just not that many cars that you get that from And it's cocking a wheel days. as well. And it's just, yeah, it's just full of life, you know? No, in, term, in terms of new cars, absolutely not. I think, I've always said this, I think in terms of new cars, the ones that I love and I would buy with my own money is the, well, our production, but it was the Fiesta ST, the Julia Quadrifoglio, and a touring manual. Mm. That's it. Bish bash bosh. The the rest. 
I'm, I am trying to hunt down the next ones, but those have always been that three. Now the Fiesta's gone. That era of Hot Hatch, I mean, uh, the rest are like Civic Type R's, which I'm, I'm going to have a go in soon. Um, Golf R's, but they're all like 40, 50 grand cars. You know? yeah, they're yeah. just it's different. Lot, it's, it's a lot of money, isn't money. it? It's, it's tricky. I, I'm really wanting at the moment to kind of like I do and I don't just like not quite just sell everything but have a bit more f fun what as in like you want more affordable cars or something just to more, chuck around or? well I, I think of like a Fiesta ST and I think it's just so much fun That's at brilliant. like normal driving yeah yeah. that's yeah, the yeah. problem like a lot of these cars they're just not that fun in normal driving well out of People go to me, I bet some of your best driving memories are in your Cayman GT4. And I always go to, no, it's actually my Fiesta ST. Because mm. it was just, there's not that much grip. I used to, I, some of my best driving memories are in that car. And it still is to this day. And I get to drive some really cool stuff. Uh, and so do you. And, and it's just because you're not going that fast to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I can tip it into a corner and I can just feel the front loading up and then I can feel the rear just moving around a little bit and I'm in my own lane. I'm not doing anything yeah. dangerous. And you're not going Plod's that fast. Not coming up. Yeah, I'm not going that fast. Plod's not coming after me. He's not going to do... It's brilliant. And, um, you know, there's the Alpine A110, which is... Uh, I think that's a great car. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. That's it's, a It's a car that keeps, car. like... Popping into my head every now and then. Yeah. Okay. I need to drive one. I didn't, I drove one a while ago and I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it that much. I thought it was like cool. You need to have a go in Litchfield's one. I need to go and have a, because I had a go in a few that. of his cars. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I went down there a year ago and had a go in the um, Litchfield one and they'd done, um, they'd done the upgraded suspension giving it a bit more power, worked the gearbox. Because I think the powertrain, I mean, the gearbox is like a, a good track dual clutch. Yeah. Um, it was just not that sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Ian and the team have sharpened it up. It was it was really good. Have you driven some of his other weapons? No. I haven't driven, I've still yet to drive those crazy because we talk about it on the phone all the time those crazy Carrera S's where you can yeah. get what near 600 horsepower that's basically your cheap GT2 isn't it well yeah if you think about the Sport Classic now so the new Sport Classic yeah. what's it rear wheel drive detuned turbo engine I think it's like 560 horsepower mm. it's just a number that seems to pop into my head like you can go and get a and they're not the same. It's not the same thing. You don't get the kudos and it doesn't have the interior the same, whatever. But you could get a Carrera T, take it to Litchfield, give him 1,500 quid or something, and that'll have 580 horsepower. Rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive. Manual. manual we are. Like, yeah, that's cool. It's pretty similar, isn't it? Yeah. That, yeah. In hindsight... It's not Less the same grip. because obviously it's like, but it's very close. But then you got to think of it, Carrera T, narrow body, 911, uh, less grip on the back. But they're all wide now, aren't they? Yeah, no, but the Carrera T was just narrow, wasn't it? But it in 992, oh, 992. is a 4S wider than a 2S. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all the same, aren't they? Yeah, they're all the same. So a T is not narrow. No. 
I'm talking not you you're on about nine oh one. I'm talking about nine oh two. Oh right. Nine oh one, yes. Yeah, nine oh one. You've got yeah. narrow. Yeah, good yeah, but um So yeah, less grip. Yeah, less grip. Can you imagine that with five hundred and eighty also? Must be quite interesting. Yeah. It must be quite because he I think I feel like Ian has a he might still have a T. Have you have you had a go in one yet? No. I need to I need to go down there and uh, have a go. He's always got something interesting. He's always something cooking, stupid. He's always cooking you up go, something. That's enticing. Yeah, I did have a go in something pretty stupid uh, just before Christmas. You know, Ricky living life fast. Yeah, I've actually got some of these on my list to ask you about. I put driving a bunch of modified silly stuff. Yeah, <laughs> what have you driven? So Ricky, in case you don't know, living life fast. Um, he's got a JM Imports um, Nissan R35 GTR that runs, well, it's running 2,000 horsepower. It does like, yeah, it does 0-60 in 1.6. It's it's the most bonkers That's thing. Rowdy. And because, um, uh, well, since then, I do all the presenting for LF Games. So obviously we do raffle giveaways on the cars. Yeah, been doing a lot other than fifth gear. Yeah. Uh, do present for LLF games, uh, which is uh, pretty cool. So it's quite, it's quite an extreme difference, isn't it, in terms of the things you're driving? Yeah, it goes from EVs to then modified cars. Just do them all, really. I mean, look, you know, I I like driving everything. Mm. I've got to see what they're like, and I always like to be. You know, I'm I'm always open to everything, whether that's EVs. Even I like reviewing normal cars. I, I like hopping in something that's ordinary and just working out if it's any good or not, you know? It doesn't have to be the latest and greatest and, you know, crazy super-duper supercars and everything. I, I love that as well. But it's just it's everything, yeah, everything you, automotive. And you can get nerdy about different bits, can't you? You're like, yeah. okay, I'm not excited about the engine, but I like the use of space or the packaging and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Ability. Yeah, I know it's really geeky, nerdy stuff, but, you know. Yeah, cool so what shit. do you think? Like, so you've driven quite a few silly, let's say BMWs, like a seven hundred and thirty brake horsepower M one forty i, or various iterations of that engine in different cars. Um, I've driven that car too much. Was <laughs> I've driven that car too much? It's a good car. Like, considering, does it cost quite a lot to to do something like that to a car? Yeah, it's about in excess of about ten grand. So that one, I think you're on about the yeah the 730 watt horsepower, and that's a um, blue f uh, five door. That had yeah, that had upgraded turbo. There was a list of things that it had doing. One of which um, it had coilover suspension, but I don't think it was properly done up. Right. And I think there was a video. There is a video of me going up the first three gears, and it was just. <laughs> That would that is extreme. Was it fun? It was, it was fun. Yeah, it's not. It, it is fun because obviously you've got a sudden build a boost. As someone who's a naturally aspirated guy, I like something that's not as powerful, a bit linear, something that I can wring its neck down a B road. It's a different sort of driving, and um, it's. I don't think the chassis can take it. <laughs> You know, it can't take Probably it. not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but it's cool. It is really cool. Um, and, you know, what's amazing with those M140i platforms is it doesn't take a lot to get make turn them into 
really serious cars. You know, yeah. really the the main fundamentals is uh, limited slip diff, coilovers, decent dampers, a bit of bracing. You know, you can you, literally, you spent 5K, you've got a weapon there that'll keep up with Turbo S's, which is nuts. It's a one series. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah, I know. You know, and, um, you know, you can put an M4 lower control arms. So, yeah, driven that. But then Ricky's car is a bit of a weapon. Um, 2,000 horsepower GTR, which it wasn't running that day. It was running 1,400. Is that quite a common thing? As in like, or you could just run it at 2,000. You can, it, like, it didn't have enough meth. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I always take things as a sign. I think there's a reason <laughs> why we didn't put 2,000 horsepower in there. So he's been going around it for months. He's like, you gotta have a go, you gotta have a go, you gotta have a go. Now, I, 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 I was cool. You, you know, I'm, I'm always up for the idea of having a go in it. And, um, but it's, they're not my sort of cars drag big high horsepower yeah, things. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that, but it's not. I do test them and, and see what they're like. So I got in this GTR and the first two, three years, it's just, it's it's, it's proper. I did feel like I was on stealth <laughs> at Thor Park. It was that crazy. You sort of hold your breath. And um, it's running like Mickey Thompson drag slick tires. Okay. Um, brakes were upgraded, but we went for a a, a B road drive in it. Mm. That was interesting. It was very very interesting. It it still felt like a GTR. It's not usable power at all. Not for, <laughs> you know, it's not usable power, and um, I think it's it's definitely it's definitely a different end of drive it like that's what people like and what I what I find interesting is is when I get to drive these things and it, as you know if you're not into it you it sort of lets you into those sorts of genre of people yeah, and yeah, yeah. what they're into mm. my god they're nuts <laughs> they're bonkers I thought I was bonkers they think I'm bonkers they're bonkers so no it was cool got to drive some cool modified stuff the the one I liked particularly over the last couple, few weeks is a B7 RS4. Got to drive that supercharged one and a PES supercharger, um, 530 horsepower. What I liked about that car is is B7 RS4, 414 horsepower as they came out of the box. That car is probably too overgripped. It doesn't have enough power for the chassis. Yeah. That supercharger, which is about 10 grand's worth, wakes it up, makes it a bit more amusing to drive way more amusing and then getting that nice supercharged wine but more importantly it keeps up with the modern traffic you know like an M3 F80 yeah. um, not F80 G80 it'd be right up there with it so that that's pretty cool so yeah doing doing that with Ricky on NLF games and like I appear on his channel as well and then I still do my bits on my channel just when I'm bothered <laughs> I love seeing people taking these cars and doing all the stuff that I just know I just wouldn't do like like not for any other reason than I go I would just sell it in a year and buy another car so dumping a bunch of stuff a bunch of money into it yeah do it. but I love it when people do a build that's just a mad just I like seeing it done I rate it and it's it's cool, um, it's cool. it is really really cool I mean like the amount of 140s and golf R's that come in on Earth Games and you think someone spent some serious dough on this. 
Serious stuff. We had a golf R that came in, 7.5. That's, I think, you know, whenever it's probably it'll, it'll end the raffle. But that had like OZ Ultra Legera wheels and, um, you know, upgraded turbo, turbo technics, um, hybrid V3. So it had a turbo technics, hybrid turbocharger. It's running like near 500 horsepower or something like that. Um, but it's, it's had serious dough spin on it. And what I liked about it is, is I, I check, we'd gone to get some shots for the car and then at the back there was a copy of Evo magazine. You can you can always tell by the owner. If they got a copy of Evo magazine, I, I, I trust them a bit more and you can tell, yeah, hey, yeah, you know yeah, what, yeah. this person likes driving because you got a copy of Evo magazine so you, you definitely like You're interested. You're interested, definitely. But um, it's nice to drive those sorts of realm of cars. Um would I do it? To me, my my sort of mods is exhaust, suspension, good geo, good brakes, yeah. braided lines, which is, you know, uh, uh, I'm more of a chassis man. But then at the same time, if I had something like a E63, like your car, I would I would think, because maybe, I don't know, run it at 800 or <laughs> just, just to see what it would do. It does, yeah, it does, it do, it, it, there is something cool about modifying cars, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not, is you're the same. I, I'm not into the whole wind deflectors and 4d plates and tints. I know that's what people like. And obviously if that's your thing, good luck to you, but it's not my sort of thing. I, I'm much rather it just look OEM. So maybe a looking a bit stockier on some spaces, maybe yeah, 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 yeah. a bit stockier, just to good stance. Yeah. Just to let people go. Yeah. yeah that's, he's got something a bit beefy there. But other than that, I'm pretty much leave them alone. I'd like to, because I think it's always interesting to pick some of these cars, whether it's a M240i or whatever, that's had a bunch of stuff done it to it, or whether it's a you know an older S4 that's had a supercharger or it's been chipped or something, and then you compare it to the new newer RS4 or something. Yeah, just I would like to. to drive or have driven a lot more cars like that to get an, an idea of where I think they sit in comparison to other just straight OEM cars. Yeah. And go, oh yeah, is a slightly modified this the same as or better than, you know, the more expensive OEM car or across a, a little bit, you know, maybe a, a Cayman of a certain type versus a two series that's been juiced up so it's actually a bit more rowdy and probably a bit faster but doesn't have the chassis like you know it's i think it's really interesting to get more data points absolutely i'm and, and that's what i'm going to start doing on the channel I, i'm doing uh or reviewing a a cayman 718 two liter but it's had loads of bit I, I think it's got upgraded turbo um upgraded exhaust olin's dampers it's got on oh, it nice Apparently, this thing can run rings around a Cayman GT4. Um, so I think we're going to do a video around that because obviously that's an entry-level car. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's running Olin's. So um, yeah, we're going to we're going to film that and see what that's like. But I'm very open to trying modified, just slightly done-up cars, you know, and 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 seeing how they drive. Definitely 140s. There's lots to modify on them. Um, you can do. You can have whatever. You know, it's it's a very highly tunable engine. That B fifty eight straight six. Yeah. 
if you got it, well, most of them come with the eight-speed anyway. I think the one mod that I definitely do on an, on the eight-speed is the XHP Stage Three gearbox software map. Okay, it gets it's still a torque converter, but it gets near enough to a dual clutch because there's nothing wrong with the eight-speed ZF, but I I, I think wow. up up the well, it's just I think town speed. It's just especially on the down change. That's my pet hate of the new current M3. Yeah, I I think powertrain wise, I, I'm sure they've got their reasons as to why they went for a ZF. It's rubbish, it's, isn't yeah. it? It's not, not rubbish. rubbish. That's, it's, that's it's taking yeah. the whole thing extreme. I think it's an awesome car, apart from the front. But like, I think yeah. it's an awesome car. Rare but the gearbox reason. just does. You just go, ah, oh, yeah. But if it was the DCT, it would just have a bit more snap. Not just that, it's a, it's a much more premium powertrain. You've got the 8-speed ZF in the M3, and then, okay, that doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel too dissimilar to a 340i. No, no, those cars, are they, they drive a bit different, which, but they are kind of similar. Which falls all the way back to what we were saying earlier about the C63. Yeah. You know, you there needs to be uh, there, there needs to be a, a certain difference in models in the range. It does because you've got to go. I want to spend that extra amount. Now, I think with M three, you know, you, there's a reasonable amount of distinction. In Absolutely, terms of styling wise, yeah, styling wise and Seat, whatnot. Everything. But yeah, like to go that extra bit, whether it's an RS six or whatever, to go to the the full fat bad boy. The more distinctions, the better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, if, if you saw, if you had your regular 3 Series M Sport, you saw someone with an M3. Ooh, yeah. M3. That's the daddy. And and to me, I think, I, 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 it's, not, it, it's a small problem in the M3, and it's not going to annoy, I, a lot of people don't find a gearbox issue. I, 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 it's not a problem. If anything, it makes it better to live with. But to me, it's just, you've got quite a racy power, like a racy yeah. engine, turbocharged engine. I just want that snap from a dual clutch. I feel like we're going backwards in terms of gearboxes. I feel like broadband yeah, to dial-up. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I, it, 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 and it just takes, it's like going back to the Fiesta. Like, it doesn't take much. And I think, like an i20N, I reckon they could, they no. They could tweak the suspension, setup, geo, all the stuff to make it more like a Fiesta. Yeah. And it's only small little things that like add to the to making it greater than kind of like the sum of its parts. Or you start to see the whole picture in a better light. Yeah. And like the M3, if the gearbox was just a bit more, you know, doing something. And it's good, it's it's fine, but it's not, it doesn't add to the experience. No, um, I don't think it's a bad car. I just, there's, there's only two problems for me in that car, it's gearbox and, and the front. I still don't like the front. No, I don't. I, I don't like but it I, at all. I think it's a really good car. It's a very good car, especially now you've got the Touring X-Drive. It's all you want, like really. It's fun. It is a fun car to drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go for the... I'd, I'd actually, go X-Drive. Yeah, same. I'd go X-Drive. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah, I can't... Do you know what? It gives you... It, it still feels rear-driven in X-Drive mode. It does. You know, you go in X-Drive, four-wheel drive sport, 
Still feels wrong. Maybe not. I don't know. I, d- I, d- I enjoyed driving the X Drive a lot. Um, time wise, we've got to start. We need to start crack r- on. Start we were, we're up. rambling on. Um, as so always. I normally give you five questions. I'm not going to give you five questions because you've, you've done it a few times. Um, most undervalued car at the moment? <sighs> Tough question. Undervalued. V12 Vantage, Aston Martin. I'm, I'm guessing not the new one. No. Yeah. Is it no. a new car? No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, just yeah. joking. But oh, no, yeah, I agree. That's, that's, yeah. What are they now? 80, 78. Still? Yeah. Still? They've been that amount of money for like, I don't know, six years? Yeah. And I think that's a cracking car. I think that is a cool car. It's, it's, I mean, I've got a love for the DBS because I'm a yeah. bit of a Bond fanatic, but there's no question about it. The, the, the V12 Vantage is a better car. It's just, it's got a great engine, great chassis. There's a hot rodness to Silly it. Silly engine in a small car. Brilliant. We need more of them. That's... Yeah, before they disappear. I th- we're starting to see it a bit. Yeah, it's fading away. But like Porsche, Sad. you know, they put a GT3 engine in a Cayman. Mental. Yeah, they won't. I don't think they'll do that again. Well, it will be an EV. Yeah. So yeah, V12 Vantage. I'm sure there's other cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the first that pops into my mind. Most interesting car to you at the moment. Most interesting. Googling. What are you looking at? What's an auto trader? What what one that catches my eye? Yeah, just what are you looking at? Again, Do you know what? Um, first generation R8 V8 manuals. I really like them. There's a lot of chat about those at the moment. Late 30s V8 NA. It's a cool car. Great. Looks stunning. Manual. Gated gearbox. That's great car. Amazing looks. Looks brilliant. Supercar. Supercar. But then you get, you know, the Bradford mushes. Oh, it's not quick. My God, Vars quicker than that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not that quick, bro. So yeah. So bloody what? Yeah, but is your your whatever is just being beaten by a Model X plaid? Exactly. With, with if you want to, if you if you want to like, play that game, you're going to lose anyway. Yeah. Especially amongst the EVs. So yeah, R8's definitely the car. Even the V10 Plus first generation manual's quite good. Uh, there's four five eight. Nice. That is. You I can sell that as now. a new car. I look at those now and go, because mm. I, I've. Always had a want for speciality. Who doesn't, you know, join the club? Yeah. But they're lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money now. A 458 is still a lot of money, but it's a lot less. But it's an NA powertrain. It's not that different to a speciality. No. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, you're talking percentages, like small percentages difference. Um, yeah. And, and I don't. collectability or whatever, but you're getting pretty much the same thing. And it's um, they're cool. They're cool. They're they're brilliant to drive. You can use them. They're very, they're more usable than you think. Magna ride, bumpy road mode, yeah. dual clutch gear, pretty reliable, pretty reliable, great looking car. I think one of the best looking mid engine Ferraris of the last ten years for sure. Um, yeah, just and I think whether you go uh, convertible or coupe. Or Specialia Perta or Speci I don't I don't think there's a bad one in there in yeah. in the four five eight. Five car garage. Oh why are you doing this to me, man? <laughs> um it changes on a daily basis. I think it's definitely a singer. I'd love a DLS singer. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's one. Sick. 
Rolls Phantom Coupe. Nice. Series uh, one. I want it in a Johnny English spec. You remember Johnny English too? I don't remember the car. He had a he had a Rolls Phantom Midnight Blue with cream yeah. tier. I want one of them. Nice. That. Um, I want an original V8 Aston, like the one in the Living Daylights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want one of them. Boxy. Yeah, boxy one. Yeah. Fog lamps. Um. Some sort of practical. Oh yeah, I need, oh. need to do that, don't I? Sorry. Got two uh, slots left. Two slots. You've got two slots. Urus. No, I'm joking. I was going <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to do. Uh, could you imagine that? Um, no, I uh, could. Cool. And me in a Urus. Yeah, with your yellow jacket. Yeah. Do you know what? Matching. Yeah. Oh, that would match it, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would look a bit. That would look a bit silly. Uh, what else? Five nine nine GTO. Mm. I really like that car. I really like that car. I've never driven one. Love to drive one. It's cool and big, but cool. Big, cool. Hang on, I've got to take that away now because I need a practical car. You've got one slot left. Yeah, but that slot's going to be filled with an LFA, so something's got to go now. Okay, something's got to go. Oh, I all practical. You can, you can do practical shit in a Phantom. Yeah, you can actually. Well, no problem. Yeah, done. LFA. It will change. Yeah, LFA. On nice. A but yeah, I think I think that is. It will change. It will change next week. It'll be some sort of something else. Yeah, it'll change tomorrow. It'll change in five minutes' time. That's yeah. the nature of the beast. That is that is what you call the life <laughs> of a car lover. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me along, Sam. It's been and, good. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll do this again we'll in three more point. years' time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Record another. Uh, what were we? Two hours. Yeah. Um, right. Sweet. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.